Mark Parcell, another individual who has taken his passions for the arts and just about turned it into a full-time gig. Yeah, we're referring to Mark's uh, project, South Main Sounds. Fantastic which, endeavor. Has really as you may have people. guessed, you can find it on South Main. Yes, exactly. Come to Memphis, see some shows. Uh, and Mark uh, has created a network and helped singer-songwriters, uh, everything. Right, right. And if it feels like we're comparing uh, this to a, uh, another episode or another or local organization, uh, we are. Because if you missed the previous episode, uh, if you're not listening to these in order, which is totally fine, we spoke with Andrea Brown, uh, who is the founder of Folk All Y'all. You know, speaking with Mark reminds me if you've ever heard of uh, bassist Leland Sklar when he talks about the record industry of old when it used to be run by people that liked music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. no, really. It was it was it was a joy to speak with Mark uh, and to speak with someone who is passionate and is fueled by their passion for for the arts that they that they love. And um, so, get get aware, be aware. Make yourself aware of Mark's endeavors, and again, when this bug, when the bug goes away, be sure and check out his shows. Right, and like folk, all y'all, um, South Main Sounds and Mark's uh, social media presence can direct you to, uh, you know, live shows on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for some people to, you know, get into locally, support, um, check out his sites and he'll direct you to where to go outstanding officially starting boom mark parcel thank you so much for hanging out with us today hey thanks for having me i i like uh, doing these kinds of things you guys are doing good good work i'm following oh well, thank you footsteps that's uh we you know had, amy levere on oh, on your yeah. on your page she you was know? a lot of fun i, no, I saw cool. uh, i was just watching her travels yesterday they're in london oh uh, yeah her they, and her and will they're doing a uh, uh i can't i've I, I don't know what the event is, but she went through every single bit of their travel, 27 hours of travel, and I'm like, and then they played a three-hour show. Uh, like, that kind of embodies. That was a fun interview. We, we, we've had some really great moments uh, with folks. There's, Memphis is chock full of uh, kind-hearted, talented musician, artist types. Go think, figure. Who knew? We, yeah. We, we, yeah, we, we've, we've had a lot of long conversations lately, which is kind of, it's, it's always neat. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this will be a half hour, then two hours later. I don't know. We just kind of keep it going. Yeah, two yeah, and a half, I mean, three. Without yeah, alcohol either. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, I made sure that I gave you a window because, like I said, <laughs> a, little, a little bit of me goes a long way. And, and, and you brought us some koozie, cozies, yeah. koozies? Koozies. Koozies, koozies. Uh, I've uh, always yeah. said koozies. Well, you got you to gotta keep your beer cold. I mean, if you drink it fast enough, you don't, you don't need a koozie. But, you know, I always like to uh, give a leave behind because then you guys go easy on. Me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and it's embossed with, of course, South Main Sounds, and right. you're coming up on a five year anniversary. Yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, how, how how's it been? The five years? I mean, it's been, you know, like anything else in the music business, in the entertainment business, showbiz in general. Yeah, right. It's up and down. Yeah, right. <clears throat> but in uh, we started um, in January of 2015, and at the time. Uh, James Manning was doing things at Otherland, and Judy Pizer was doing things at uh, Center for Southern Folklore as far as songwriters. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't, I had just come back uh, from Nashville in two, well, I had come back from Nashville in 2010, taking over the farmer's market music. And um, 
this is a long answer, but it kind no, of it's good. gives you a, an idea. I wanted to get into the music situation in 2010, 2011, and Farmer's Market spawned Amy LeVere, um, Grace Askew, um, oh, wow. Valerie June, uh, Karen Waldrop's real popular out in Nashville now. She kind of got her start there. Ashley McBride played for us at the Farmer's Market. She uh, The power cord tripped one, one day, and she got up on a... Uh, folding chair and finished uh, Ring of Fire acapella, and now you know she's emerging artist, country artist of the year. So fabulous. Uh, but the bottom line is, it's been going great for five years. We've had all kinds of people in there. You know, hit makers. Uh, Joe Leathers wrote uh, Hemingway's Whiskey with Guy Clark, and he comes in twice a year. Um, we just we've had a great time, and we feel like we've helped foster the songwriter movement that has really kind of taken hold in Memphis now. There's three or four other people yeah. other places. B-Side does some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Graham Winchester's got something going right. at RDKDC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, also Brass Doors doing uh, some stuff down in their uh, basement there. So we want all the songwriter stuff we can get. And I get over to Nashville a couple times a month just to scout new people because I like to have... Uh, the, those people, sorry, those people come over here, see yeah. other people, and then invite them. We've had co-writes and and all kinds of stuff because of this. That's great overlay and yeah. Um, but yeah, we um, we're just excited for. We're just going to keep doing this until somebody tells us to stop or <laughs> landlords jack the rent up too high right? or whatever. But um, we're. Uh, the, I, I think the songwriter situation. I grew up. My folks were listening to. You know, Amy Lou Harris and uh, Charlie Rich and, you know, the the folks that were creating back then. Even yeah. John Denver, Don't Laugh. No, those John some Denver. Of, those were some yeah. of the great songs he wrote. Uh, Steve Goodman wrote a lot of stuff with John Denver back in the day. And, um, and of course, Waylon and mm-hmm. and Chris Christopherson. And uh, it's funny, we're... I've Sunday talking, morning. Yeah, yeah. Sunday morning coming down. No doubt. That's what I try to do every... Uh, <laughs> Every Sunday at uh, Sunrise Memphis, you know, we, we got somebody good playing over there, and I'm like hungover or whatever, having a mimosa, and I'm like, okay, here we go, Sunday morning's coming down. It's like, we've almost made it through another week. (laughs) Almost. And I think that's what they were singing. That's what Chris was writing about in that. I think it's like, man, I'm just going to have this one more beer. Well, maybe this other one more beer. (laughs) So we should probably break down what South Main Sounds is. South Main Sounds is really, I mean, we're a record store. Um, it was tough to get uh, insured as a music venue, so guy says, you sell records, right? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And we do. We take in, uh, <laughs> I've got a thousand records that I need to catalog right now, and uh, local CDs. I can't stress enough. I've, we have everybody that's ever played in there, mm. uh, a stack of their CDs. Terrific. Uh, Jeremy yeah. Stanfield just came in the other day with a stack of his reissued CDs, and we've just got, we got Eric Hughes and... So, just all kinds of stuff. So people are buying CDs still, huh? Buying, I mean, yeah. Oh, well, these are this is mostly like commemorative. Yeah. But, but people still buy them, not at the rate they're buying albums now. Yeah. Okay. But you know, it was just a facade to uh, put forty-five people in a 
in a room for uh, original music. Nice. And we really didn't know in January of 2015 if anybody was going to show up or not, and uh, I'll send you a picture of it. It's about 60 people in this little half art gallery on the dark end of <laughs> South Maine where they're just, the, you know, they barely knew we were there. And then they... they come up with construction and trolley stops and we've had all kinds of challenges but it doesn't make any difference <laughs> we get people we've had people from 20 by our last count 25 states um canada uh, australia we have a girl that comes over once a month uh, uh katrina burgoyne who's got a couple uh from australia well she she lives in nashville now but she's right. from australia yeah right, right. and um italy uh we had a girl last week that plans a trip uh, once or twice a year, uh, Nia Nichols, and she comes over from England, and she's uh, going out to San Diego to do a to cut a track with somebody. So she decided she'd come to Memphis. It's like, that's wait a minute, that's a yeah, long right. ways away, yeah. but yeah, not right. from somebody from England. A nice detour. Yeah. But we're we're just we're really advocates for singer songwriters. We uh, um, we hate, are doing more things like we had Raylan Nelson play back in October, Willie's granddaughter. And um, she's really good. She plays a little, I call it punk country. Yeah. And But she's got the Nelson name and, and talent. She's going to be back in, in 10 days before Willie goes to the Orpheum on uh, April 20th. So, yeah. Uh, so it's fun. I've been talking to Chris Christopherson's daughter, uh, Chris and Rita Coolidge's daughter, uh, Casey. Yeah. And probably never heard of them, but... They've got a band. Hey, Eddie Money's son's playing music. Des Money. Wow. <laughs> and, and so there's all kinds of these uh, fr uh, family connections, and that's kind of what I'm going for. See if we can't get these famous people's kids off the ground. So, you know, <laughs> so, not that they need me. They need I a like helping hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. So is, is, is South Maine uh, sounds? Is it nonprofit or for profit? It's really for profit. Yeah. I mean, that's a real. That's a real dicey. Uh, right. Uh, that's a dicey question. Is is uh, not for profit? Well, when I mean, you don't just... when you don't make a lot of money, is that considered <laughs> right? not for profit? Yeah. We you are know? tied in with. Uh, Memphis. I'm president of Memphis Songwriters Association as mm -hmm. well, so we're loosely tied in with that. Mm -hmm. um, when we go on the road and uh, sell sponsorships um, uh, soon, I'm I'm saying, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna give some back to the Memphis Songwriters Association as yeah. a 501c3. But now we're we're there to make money because yeah, right. We we want to spread the love. We we operate really on tips and donations. Um, everything that we get in the tip jar at the stage goes to the musicians. Yeah. I mean, I might end up with a couple ones in my back pocket I forgot about, but, you know, in general, that's how we operate. We just turn everything through. Yeah. And everything we take in, we put back into the place. Yeah. You know, so that's all I'm really looking for is just to keep it going. Yeah. So that's not necessarily a not-for-profit, but it does tend to be a little bit lean. You know, so. <laughs> the, the arts, yes, yeah, yeah feast or famine. Um, so, from, from your view, like, how, how do you? Wh what is it about the songwriters? You know, you, you listed off, yeah, you know, obviously some prominent hit heroes uh, of the craft uh, from your youth, and and so what? Like how, the landscape today, how, how what do, what do you take in? What what strikes you as like people that are, are are doing this, taking up this this effort of songwriting? Well, I think that you know, I was thinking about. Um, that question was kind of going to come up, and <laughs> ironically, where I'm from, Flint, Michigan, there's a uh, a, vi or a, a, a railroad 
a crossing, mm-hmm. and it it's continually painted with Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> Even to this day, when I go back, somebody months ago has repainted at Grand Funk Railroad. That, a lot of my inspiration comes from having guys like that around mm-hmm. and seeing the success that they had. Well, they could, could have had a lot more success, but it's, you know, Boots on the ground, it's people that you see, it's people that you know. I mean, I grew up around the, I didn't know these people. I knew some of the guys from Grand Funk, but Bob Seeger yeah. and, and, and Question Mark and the Mysterians played in Flint and um, Iggy Pop and, and some of these folks. But today, I think the, the, the amazing thing about today is there's always been this stigma about the lack of female um, participation or recognition, especially uh-huh. in country music. And we are seeing so much and so many um, young female um, artists come up. And I don't know if it's because of this stigma, overcoming this stigma, or if there's just more of them, more talent. There's tons of talented males as well. Right. But we're so happy that, that we're able to. Bailey Bigger is one of Yeah. Um, mm. And Abby Francis. Um, we've got, we have just a lot of female um, artists coming up, writing a lot of music. They're not. Uh, Amber Ray Dunn is kind of my partner in crime in most uh-huh. of what we do. And it's just so cool that these people, you know, all you need is, I tell people, all you need is one song to be recorded by somebody. Yeah. And you really don't have to worry about your mortgage again. You know, I mean, that's kind of how it works. I mean, you have one hit, so of course, that's one hit song. That's right. Top 40 by somebody big. Yeah. But anyway, it's something to shoot for, realistically. Yeah. Because everybody isn't going to be a star, but everybody's going to have a place. Like Amber has a personality for TV, and so we're going to mm-hmm. pursue a lot of that. Yeah. And she's a great songwriter, and, you know, she fronts a good band and sings, and um, Bailey's just going to be a star before we know it. Yeah. And there's there's a lot more folks out there like that. But that's what I, I'm really taking away from things right now is that we're fostering a, a lot of female artists uh, coming up through. And, and I book music at so many other places, just took on Laughlin Yard. And oh, yeah. We've had some real success there. I um, love that venue. That venue is like, it yeah. kind of reminds me of a European winery, kind of like it has, it has this other otherworldly kind of aspect to it. Yeah, I mean, right comparatively, yeah, like to, to other venues in, uh-huh. around town, I've always and they're they're using the inside, you know, the neighbors, and I'm one of the neighbors. I can walk over there, and I I like the music really loud, but <laughs> but every neighbor doesn't doesn't that, like that. So yeah, I've heard about they're, that. They're, yeah. um and you know that's the old. I mean, I use Soul Shine Pizza over in Nashville. You know, it's, it, move where the action is, and then complain that the action's too loud. <laughs> and so they had to shut Soulshine yeah. down over there. It was my favorite oh, is that venue right? over oh, there. Oh, gosh. Just because they just they couldn't make the people in the condos that were encroaching oh. happy. And um, But uh, Laughlin, uh, The Vault, uh, we do an open mic, Amber and I, once a month at Hard Rock. I do Tuesdays at Tin Roof. Goodness. I had a couple of rockers last night from Detroit, Jennifer Westwood and uh, Dylan Dunbar. And, um, and they... Uh, the, the Tin Roof's a neat thing on Tuesday. I, I've night. played Tin Roof a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they give me kind of free reign on Tuesday, and and with IBC and um, Grizzlies game, and you know the the nice crowds, yeah, uh, in and out of there. Um, so so what I try to do is build this. We call it a trifecta. 
we can do Friday night at South Main Sounds. We can do a Friday after that at the vault or something. Then you can do, you got the Laughlin gig in the farmer's market on Saturday morning. So I can get people from out of town. We can get them three yeah. or four gigs and uh, make pretty good money in a 48-hour period. Yeah. Just yeah, right send on. them on their way. That's yeah. great. That's so, fabulous. So. Hey, describe the farmer's market real quick. How, how, how's that work out? Like that's... Well, Memphis Farmers Market started in 2006 and had just, I, I remember one of my first memories back then was Valerie June just sitting there with a banjo playing without amplification. Yeah. And then we brought, we kind of, and then we had everybody bring in their own sound and, you know, you play for tips and the tips are pretty good over there. Um, this year there will be a trolley stop open on South Main and a tunnel going from South Main to uh, the farmer's market under the train tracks. Mm. So there's going to be a lot of activity over there this year. Uh, we set up the music. There's three different places we can set it up uh, based on, you know, some vendors like the music down there, some don't. But we, <laughs> we, we, we play music from 9 to 10.30 and take a little break and then 11 to 12.30 and it's, it's all tips. It might change this year. I'm trying to push that through, but... Um, People really enjoy it. And it's That's a certain cool. kind of, you know, we've had full band with with uh, percussion and everything. Oh, that, wow. That doesn't work so well down there. <laughs> so it's a, it tends to be a folky kind of thing or blues. and um, But uh, everybody comes away from that with, with a real good experience, unless it rains, and then you just kind of pack it up. Oh, wow. But, I mean, it can rain from one direction, and you can put the music in there, and it won't be affected. If it rains from another direction, it you know you just can't do it. Uh, but but we have a good time down there. Been doing I've been doing that off and on since 2010. So wow, that was that was my first like I said my first yeah. uh, entree in, and um, so it's it's still we'll still be involved in it one way or the other. Yeah. That runs year long, right? Uh, no, it's no. Uh, April through October. Oh, okay. Cooper Young Market goes all year long. Okay, and they they do music uh, quite frequently as well. Nice. So, so you mentioned you're from from Flint. Yeah, Michigan? I'm from uh, outside of Flint in uh, a little place called Grand Blanc. Gotcha. Um, they used to host a Buick Open golf tournament there. That's kind of the claim to fame. Of course, automotive. My dad was a Buick dealer, so I kind of fell into the promotional thing by blood, I guess. Just yeah. being around it. Yeah. So when, yeah. uh, what what brought you to Memphis and when? when um, I took a job at Channel Five as a, a account executive in 2001 mm -hmm. had a couple friends of mine that were one was sales manager other mm -hmm. one was uh general sales manager at the time and they're like oh you're gonna you gotta come down here check it out you'll like memphis so i thought you know flint's having a tough time in 2001 i'll yeah. come down here for a year or two and it'll get better and then i'll go back yeah well it didn't get better flint's right. getting better now i mean it's, it's always i love the place and coney island hot dogs and there's a lot of good food there and friends and the the landscape of Michigan's pretty it's a pretty place and once yeah. you get north of Flint and get get up there I I, I get up there back there a couple times a year because because I got I got to go uh, one of my friends uh, daughter's weddings this year and uh, so I I still enjoy it a lot I I don't think I'll ever move back there. Um, but I do get back there regularly. It's, yeah. been, it's very inspirational because it falls on hard times regularly. I mean, just, you know, my dad sold his car dealership in 1980 when I was a senior in high school. 
And up until that time, I was like, okay, hey, this can be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. Car dealership, great. And then I'm like, hmm, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I turned to advertising, and I sold uh, media, TV, uh, radio, and even a brief stint at, what's the daily uh, commercial appeal? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. No. Just kidding. <laughs> Just a brief stint at the commercial appeal. Um, but uh, that's, you know, almost three decades of my life doing that. Um, so that's my background. Yeah. You know, the the, the sales and, and copywriting. I've written, you know, hundreds of commercials. We did uh, Countdown on Beale on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. uh, back in 2004, 5, 6, I guess, at Channel 5. And it was the... Uh, Highest rated program of its time period. Yeah. We, we, we tripled Dick Clark's ratings that night. So I, I, I always put that on a resume <laughs> of some sort. I'm like, we did this. <laughs> Dick Clark, he's still alive. Is <laughs> he, he? He, no. <laughs> I'm saying like that, that guy was like that, that guy. That guy was like he just seemed like unstoppable. Like he'll be around forever. You know? Well, Casey Kasem was. From oh Atlanta. man! Oh my gosh! And you think he's still alive? You know, I'll be driving somewhere from Nashville or Dallas or Michigan and put on uh, one of the XM radio stations. Yeah. And, it's Casey's top forty from oh, nineteen seventy four. Goodness and gracious! Like, Whoa, <laughs> that guy, man. Hey, so what? What do you think? What, what do you have? Uh, I mean, now that you've kind of immersed yourself in this world, and and uh, obviously you're you're uh, around a lot of talented people. What, what what advice do you have for up and coming songwriters and people that are have the bug and want to venture into this deep end of the pool? Well, I think that first of all, it doesn't hurt to have a day job. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, I really, I I, I see, I've got these friends over in Nashville. Some of them are working two or three jobs or, you know, multiple jobs so they can pursue that passion. Right. But I I look at, I don't know if you guys saw what um, Grace Askew did. She wrote a song a day for 730 days. Wow. It started out being a year challenge. So I think the key is no matter what, You've got to write often. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know. I know in journalism, um, they always said creative writing. Right, got to write three pages a day. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't really write anymore. I mean, we do, but you got to get um, if if it's type, if it's on the computer, if it's whatever. Yeah, you you need to write every day, and you never have. Just don't be disappointed because um, with with the Memphis Songwriters Association, which is a great way for people to get involved in the networking aspect of other songwriters, um, we often give a song prompt. So it it like I gave this song the song prompt this month is well I can't. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it because this is not probably going to air necessarily. <laughs> right, right, yeah. um, kindness, because one of the thing, one of the songs that is stuck in my head recently is "Poncho and Lefty" by Towns Van Zant. Oh wow! And one of the big song. And if you're not familiar with the song, go. Everybody's covered it, um, but one of the great lines is, and it's about these two desperados that, and the one guy turns Lefty turns Poncho in, and 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 the federales say, "Hey, man." Basically, you didn't have to do that. We were going to get him. We just let him go out of kindness, I suppose. And so kindness was a song prompt. Um, long answer, give yourself a song prompt. 
yeah. if you're a songwriter. Um, just put it out there on the table every once in a while or have somebody else give it to you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, but you have to have something to write around. And there are themes in, in, in Joe Leathers uh, that I mentioned earlier. Um, he said, you know, make it better than that. Don't talk about a branch on a tree. Talk about that amazing growth of the sapling you put in. I mean, you know, just go yeah. deeper, go deeper into, because you, when, when you're listening to a, I'm a journalist, I have a journalism degree, but mm -hmm. I'm not a songwriter, but the same things apply. And it's like, if you know what they're going to say next, for example, if it's you and me and it's a country song, the next verse is probably going to have whiskey in it, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so let's not be quite as obvious about It's okay if you want yeah. to write an obvious song just to yeah. get that one out of the way, but go deeper. You know, make that, make, challenge yourself to be, uh, to use a thesaurus or, or find, jot, jot words down on a piece of paper that are relevant to what you're thinking about and just go through them. And this is true for, writing of all sorts when mm -hmm. you come up with your objective what's your objective and what you're trying to do and when i'm trying to come up with new names for things like i have i'm involved in like eight facebook pages so every now and then i got to come up with a new name for <laughs> some ridiculous idea i have um <laughs> and so i jot stuff down i'm like yeah. oh like for instance uh, my um, amber dunn's fiance wanted to do uh, a cornhole tournament at the Tin Roof on Tuesdays in mm -hmm. conjunction with my music. So we came up with Tossing in Tunes. And, ah. and it was previously called <laughs> Tacos in Tunes. So, I mean, you know, we just, it's like we didn't stray too far, but we came up with a, a good name. That, so, so uh, songwriters, just challenge yourself with word prompts and, and being better and, and not just being not being so obvious. When you're young and starting out, I think you want to be obvious and just write that, you know, your first heartbreak at 14. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have a lot of metaphors to draw from. So, <laughs> but, you know. I, yeah, th I, that that was going to be my second question of like, so, well, yeah, what, what is it that makes you wince <laughs> without naming names? Like, what what is it maybe with, like you said, uh, uh, or maybe it could be even the, someone's been writing songs for a while, but you just kind of get that, ah, oh, man, you know, like, you, you know, maybe it, you know, in, 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 in the pro, uh, uh, in the musician world, it's, uh, when I, I hung out in Nashville just for a minute, but there's always this thing of like, uh, very supportive, but you know, if if some player had a um, a gap in you know in in their playing, some some aspect, you know, it, it, I was wondering like, do do other players just kind of let that you know because of the competition? It, it, basically, what I'm trying to say, like like would 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 there be oh, a loving right, friend? Would there be a loving friend to come up and say, hey, you know, have you ever thought about maybe not doing that when you play that thing? Like 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 if there's some gap, you know, like well, like and, and songwriters so so like you're saying that. Like, it, it, other people just kind of let that go, and yeah, because they, following you, because <laughs> so they get called less, you know. Like, uh, like there's like there's this kind of thing, like like there's there was this bravado of like you know, like you just need to have it all together, and you need to know everything, and you need to be able to do it all brilliantly the first time. There's just there's just this expectation of you know, and some at least some things that I observe. But in songwriters, like like if if you were if you could be that loving friend who could kind of candidly walk up to to someone without hurting their feelings or maybe hurt them a little bit and say you know what would you please address this 
in your songwriting? Is there something that kind of makes you just, you know, like you, you talked a little bit about, you know, being too obvious, but is there something that uh, other, other aspects that make well, you kind of, well, I think that anybody who has the guts to do it yeah. and get up on the stage deserves a chance. Yeah. Um, but there's different level of chances. Um, okay. and, and I mean that sincerely. Let me, I mean, you mentioned Nashville and I'll, I'll just give you what makes me wince, first of all. It's not necessarily about songwriting. I was standing outside Honky Tonk Central about a year ago, and the bass player is playing remotely, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And they're playing, take a guess what they're playing. Wagon Wheel. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say Tennessee Whiskey. Okay, but, okay. well, yeah. this is before <laughs> Tennessee Whiskey became okay. the new Wagon Wheel. All right, all right. Um, and that, of course, you know, that has some older roots to it anyway. Of course. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> well, Tennessee Whiskey was uh, that's, uh, that's, George Jones. First, yeah. wasn't written by George Jones, but he made it right. the first. So I give Tennessee Whiskey a break because if you go back and listen to uh, David Allen Coe do it or somebody okay. else do mm -hmm. it, you know, and I love the Chris Stapleton thing, but it got burned out. But the point on Wagon Wheels, I'm talking to this guy while he's smoking his cigarette. Obviously bored out of his mind, hitting his, his three chords for wagon wheel, or maybe only two. And um, I go, well, tell me about it. He said, well, it's a $20 song. Somebody stopped it for 40 and started it again at 80 Okay, so you can jack this song up and make hundreds of dollars on this. It's not a horrific song, but it became a horrific anthem for laziness in having to hear this and play it, you know. Um, that's so that's what makes me cringe wagon yeah. wheel and everything about <laughs> that scenario okay. is and and when invariably songwriters play covers to make money at other gigs sure and i always tell them just don't play play the stuff that you like that sounds like your music mm. and play the play uh melissa instead of Midnight Rider, or I mean, you know, play yeah. something sure. different, and that's on the that's on the cover side. But on the on the on the original music side for a songwriter, um, I just I think you have to know your limits, and it doesn't mean that you can't push your limits, but don't try to reach an octave that you don't have. Uh. I mean, play within your limits, and 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 until you figure out how to expand them, and in young songwriters. Bailey Bigger again, for example, Abby Francis. They've changed over the last four or five years that I've known these people where their voices are stronger and different. So they can do different things now that they couldn't when they were 15 or whatever. Okay. So I think it's like, don't, don't not stretch your limits, but while you're playing in front of somebody, know your limits at that minute, at that time. Because okay. You know, nobody wants to hear someone screech in a ungodly fashion, <laughs> but it is part of the process. And if you're giving people a chance to play, you're going to hear some gaps in, yeah. in, in, you know, uh, I don't want to call it quality, but I, I really think that the first advice is do it and do it. If you love it, find a way to write your song and play it. Mm -hmm. But the second thing is, while you're developing, know your limits at, at each level. So what you do is pleasant and and presentable and recordable. And then, you know, you got to go over to Nashville every once in a while and meet the players. You yeah. got it. You you need to pop your head into some of these listening rooms over there. You've got to pop your head. The other thing is, 
to go see other people play in Memphis. Right. I mean, we have so many venues, so many creative people, like Graham Winchester I'll, I'll throw out there, yeah. and Mark Edgar Stewart, um, and, and just, just tons of guys that are just so good. But and, and, and I mentioned Graham because he plays in about, by his own admission, nine bands. For real. But just get out and watch these people because they'll support you if you support them. Yeah. And it's fun to go out and see the creativity in this town um so that's the other thing get out and support other musicians if you want them to come support you that's good and i use that it's south main sounds it's like hey i haven't seen you in a long time but when you come in it reminds me that we need to do some more things and Mm. so it's a networking thing without really feeling like you're going out of your way yeah so know your know your limits at every step of your development as a songwriter Go out and see new people. Don't be afraid to, to to try new things, but you know, make sure you're ready before you put that out in public. You know, that's an outstanding answer. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> no, that 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 is like that is spot on. Stephen Chopek was uh, uh, one of our guests earlier. He's he, great. He, he mentioned no that that's part of his ethos of like you know he'll he'll book himself a tour, which is just great to hear him talk about that. Uh, but yeah, he he's a firm believer in just kind of popping up and saying hi, you know, and, and he's not being obnoxious about it, but just sure. Yeah, we had a whole conversation. Yeah, we about had a whole conversation about his ethos of just yeah. of just hanging out and and being supportive, and and it's it's fabulous. I mean, it's it, it's it's common sense. You would think that would be well. Stephen's sense, interesting yeah. because he's played for me several times and just a neat guy. Yeah, I mean, he isn't he isn't everybody. He's a unique. Very much perf- a perfectionist, and um, he uh, you know, he had this uh, little seven-inch uh, uh, single, uh, and it was called Radio Caroline. I don't know yeah. if you guys talked about it. Yeah, I played that. It was. Great. I had no yeah. idea really what Radio Caroline was until I talked to him, and then I went back and looked at a biography, a who about the Who and about the pirate radio in in London and mm-hmm. how that launched all that stuff, and then. God bless Stephen. He brought me a coffee mug from the uh, Evil Knievel Museum. So oh, I was really no. happy about it. So he's deeply indebted to me. I mean, I'm deeply indebted to him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, the but, Evil Knievel Museum. Oh, yeah. Of all places, I think it was in Kansas or something. Yeah. Like, what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he's great. cool. He's he's part of a real eclectic group of of folks that I include uh, Dave Kauser. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, Jesse Davis and uh, Graham again and Frank McClellan and, uh, you know, the Sheiks and uh, mm-hmm. all these guys that are just intertwined. It's very, uh, it's very tight knit uh, yeah. group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are, th- a lot of those guys are like what I call the Midtown standards. And, and people, if people don't get into the DKDCs and, and some of those spots, not uh, Lafayette obviously has, big acts and a lot of music and, and right. you know that's that's one of the goals i think for a lot of people to play lafayette but outside of that there's these other venues where these guys have made a name for themselves yeah and, you know it's the old buccaneer theory everybody gets together and and um and plays and swaps stories and drinks and it just has a good time and that's what those folks do we were just at bar dkdc last night, last night saw yeah. our friend tiffany Harmon, who yep. who markedly markedly Sounds 
way improved. I mean, I don't want to say she was bad, but I'm just saying like, man, like she, she sounded great. Sounded great. Huh? Yeah, fabulous. And, and, yeah, and she, she's, a, she does a great version of uh, "Close to You" by. She Carpenter. did that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. With oh yeah, she had a great little band with her. I mean, so and and um, we were just talking amongst ourselves that when when we were playing Ernestine Hazel's. Uh, we would constantly recommend people, well, tourists, people that would come in, and if they were hit, you know, if they're hip enough to catch wind of like that south part of, of, of Main Street, you know, and, and they had done Beal, uh, we'd always try and encourage them. Well, you also, you know, if you want to hear some original, some kind of Memphisy yeah. things, Check yeah, out get the Midtown, right. You, right? You know, and and uh, you know, of course, this is like Sunday night at ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, but uh, uh, you know, Free World. Uh, at Blue City, you yeah. know that, that's a great Sunday night destination. Sounds like I, I uh, think somebody told me that they might have moved that whole thing over to Rum Boogie. Well, they're they're still doing Sundays, I think, at Blue City, but they also have a have a uh, um, they're kind of in residence for Friday and Saturdays. I think at Rum Boogie, are they doing Sundays yeah, at Rum Boogie? I, no, I can't remember. It's just it was funny because I didn't yeah. know. That the story goes back. I did an article for DeSoto Magazine about Richard and the Free World 40th yeah. anniversary. And yeah. Ironically, Free World was the first act we had to relaunch the music at Laughlin Yard back in December. And, of course, they just packed it. Yeah. Um, but that's where Richard met them. I mean, apparently there was a Free World spelled differently, a different composite of guys. Um, this is just what I, somebody told me. This is where... Richard met Herman Green and yeah. and the other guy David Spotback and and um, that's how they formed the current rendition that's yeah. gone in and out of all kinds of right. different but but that's just an example of you know these guys Richard's got I don't know Richard's some sort of brain science I don't, you know he's got a great job right and um, these guys have day jobs but Richard just finds a way to play with kaleidoscope as his duo Dude, and just, yeah he he was our inaugural guest uh, right. on this podcast if, yeah, I was, was going to say that. if you if you want a detailed description want, of, <laughs> oh, what, of, of how free world became a being no, yeah, it, it was can, it was it was a one. fabulous <laughs> launch for our podcast, but that guy, yeah, that guy's day gig starts at like seven thirty or eight o'clock in the morning. He'll he'll play till two or three, yeah, and then take a nap and then go uh, dissect animal animal parts. He, he's yeah, a, that's what he, it is. He's a, he's an animal uh, veterinary. Well, path- animal pathologist. Pathologist. Yeah. Uh, there's a far more glorious term for that. He'll he'll correct me on that later. But um, yeah, I mean, right, and then um. Yeah, the players through that band, uh, 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 you know, Chris Stephenson, great keys. Uh, yeah. His current drummer, uh, George Lawrence, used to tour with Poco, a great Nashville, right. great yeah. Nashville, like guy can just, you know, fat pocket is, is mm-hmm. the musician's uh, term for his, you know, his concept of time. Um, the horn players, Peter Klime, uh, uh, um, Jared on trumpet, uh, sometimes um, uh, Stortz. On uh, Freeman Storch on Trump, yeah, yeah, all the all those guys. Are, I mean, that band. I always highly recommend them. You know, well, for if visitors just, to go see. Hear it is band. a jam band, but it's just, they're so tight. Oh and man, Andy they, Tate on guitar. Woo! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh right, right. Well, yeah. and Andy and 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 Richard do the uh, the kaleidoscope, duo? right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fun to watch. Um, now, is a blind bear just down, down the street from you guys? Yeah. Kind of yeah well, it's, it's in the core. Yeah, it's, you know, a mile away. They also uh, they do some things over at Central Barbecue right around the corner. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, and I think that you know that's just an example of just never never give up. But Richard, well, Richard wasn't going to give up regardless. But I mean, and he didn't need to because they caught on so well. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's just you just if you love music and and you're you, whether it's singer songwriter or 
playing covers in a bar and making people happy. Right. You know, just don't take it too personal. Just get out yeah. and have fun. Yeah. And and it's tough because the creative mind wants to be recognized and in success for a creative person I think is fulfilling your own dream whether you yeah. make other people happy or not but you fall into this trap of do they like me like Sally Field yeah, it's tricky. like do they like me they really like me <laughs> oh oh <laughs> you know and and, and and we're all like that the creative uh, we're all creative people and we need validation yeah but in seeking it some you know some of these some people lose their soul and so don't so don't ever lose that and uh, you know i always tell people the sadness in the world is who's the greatest who's the greatest female vocalist who, who would you say just throw somebody oh out. gosh the great i mean I mean, Whitney Houston. Uh, Whitney, I was going to say, Celine Dion's had a pretty good okay. career. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, it, whether you think it's Whitney or not. I mean, as far as popularity. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. I think they say that Whitney had some seventh octave or whatever, some something so, nobody else had. Yeah. Well, she lost her, lost herself in the process of yeah. of becoming a celebrity. Emmy Lou Harris also has an amazing voice, mm -hmm. and she didn't lose herself in this right. process. Right. So you know, people get dragged down. You know, I'm I'm not going to preach because you know, I have my demons, but it just you know keep your soul intact while you're trying to do mm. something that that you love, and don't worry so much about what people think. Yeah, you got to you want them to clap because that's that means you did a good job. Like. The fact you have me on this podcast means that we must be doing something for you to take notice. And that makes me feel good. Yeah, right on. And it's not an ego thing. It's just simply we're doing something that people like. And, and so if you're doing something people like, but that's great. But don't lose your own soul in the process. You bring up a great – I mean, and of, of the artists you just mentioned, all those guys like Graham, Amy LeVere, they're, they're all like pretty – I mean, if we sit down and talk with them, they're – their their headspace is pretty well put together. You yeah, know? very like, like right. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 I just told a story the other day before I left Los Angeles. I got to go to a Christmas party, meet Paul Jackson Jr. Play guitar on Thriller, mm -hmm. A list first call guitarist in L.A. forever, and he was just like, "Hey, what's up? Great to meet you." Yeah, I, just a normal, just just dude, just a guy. I mean, yeah. like, I, yeah. well, I, I um. I have, I mean, Ashley McBride, I still correspond with her, but she's kind of gotten out of reach a little bit. Mm -hmm. I used to text her about, you know, certain things. <clears throat> Amy LeVere, it was about a year ago, um, I was made aware that there were buses of transient uh, asylum seekers, <clears throat> hundreds a day coming through Memphis. I had no idea. Wow. And Amy's like, hey, uh, put something on Facebook. They need coats. These people need coats. Yeah. They need clothes. And I had a yeah. closet full of my mom's coats. They were like, you know, 85-year-old women's coats. Nice. But you know what? They're yeah. kind of warm. Point is, there's Amy stepping out, yeah. doing something um, that she believes in uh, significantly and i'm like here just take all this stuff and take yeah. these to these people yeah. and so there you go do something too yeah over and above um you know nobody cares that you're a celebrity no nobody cares about your accomplishments really they i mean it's great to have all that stuff but they really care i think you want to be looked up to you want you want kids to be able to you know say there's somebody I want to be. And I think, you know, there's another example, like Amy LeVere, 
who has a Detroit background, yeah. Michigan background too. Yeah. But there are people out there that are role models too. And everybody's not going to be a role model because you get egos involved. But try to be that. Try to be that person that um, it, it, this goes back again to having their headspace together. You know, and there's a reason uh, that people are looked up to like Amy and Graham and yeah. and, and and a lot of people will, I don't know I'm rambling but no, you know try to be right relevant and yeah. try to be a role model instead of just worrying about it, you know ego and success because it's amazing what happens it, once you take that off the table yeah there's just being a creative you're you're kind of naturally in inwardly focused right you're 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 pulling on stories your emotions all this stuff so it's it's kind of easy to have this gravity well pulling you into yourself so yeah, being disciplined or having practices or rhythms to get you out of yourself is that's that's good advice. Mark, do you have to go see a dentist now? Yeah, I got to. I was looking at the yeah, clock, and I don't know if it's going to be great news. I, I floss today, oh, good. which brings up an interesting thing. You know, uh, musicians. You know, musicians are in Nashville, especially like in the spring. Everybody gets sick because they share microphones. Oh gosh! And uh, it's like here's another piece of advice another for good songwriters. Tip. Yes. A, floss. <laughs> but but B, you know, bring your own mic. Bring your own I mic. Mean, yeah. It sounds sounds we no, that's... clean, sanitize, and disinfect. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that was from. But um uh, we really do. But it just doesn't, you know, don't don't get oh. sick with my any I don't want to I don't want to end the podcast on that note, but I really appreciate you guys uh no, it's great. having me and uh um, come down and see us yes. at South Main Sounds or at yeah. any of the other places. Uh, thanks for um, getting in touch with me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to write yeah. some songs. I got to. I got to get back on it, You keep man. saying that, Carl. I do. I know. Keep saying that. You've been writing some good ones. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much. You write them, and you can come play them uh, at my place. <laughs> Boom. I'm going to do, do that. the podcast down there, Hey, and, hey, and we idea. can critique your songs. Oh, I'm, I'm not scared. All right. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Thanks, guys. All right, Mark, uh, lots of good information. You know, that that interview was actually um, done, man, that was a long time ago. It was, it was way before the threat of of COVID. Yeah, that was uh, another world ago. That was another. Yeah, right. Yeah, and real. COVID just put the brakes on new interviews. <sighs> um, yeah, because we always do them live, you know, in person. Yeah. Um, which may change, you know, we, 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 may have to um, consider right. you know more phone interviews right. as we move forward with all this um, so anyway Mark was a lot of fun to talk to check out South Main Sounds um, I guess we can just wrap up the season <laughs> we, we said we weren't going to but let's do it yeah thanks to all uh, who participated stand by for season 6 we've got some folks lined up and uh, like Jonathan said, either in person or via, we're not going to Zoom because that's just become a horrible cliche. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but although hopefully, you, although, in, although you can yeah. work pantless when, when you do <laughs> Zoom, so there's that. <laughs> All right, thanks for bearing with our uh, our remote, remotely recorded bumpers, outros, yeah. etc. Um, we'll get back to normal as soon as possible. Thank you for your support um, and be safe. Be safe. Talk to you soon.